Hello everybody from the Washburn Lake Silent Sports Trail. Talking about the parable of the pearl of great price. And a parable is simply a short story that Jesus would often use to illustrate something about the kingdom of heaven. In fact, in Matthew chapter 13, there's a grouping of parables that all begin with the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like... And then Jesus would tell a story. Jesus put something familiar from life on earth into this story and then say, ah, this is what it's like in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus did this because we can't see the kingdom of heaven and we can't see God. But he wanted us to understand the kingdom of heaven and to, in order to live and experience it here, now. And so these parables are little windows that we can look through to get a glimpse of God. You know, the power of parables is in their ability to capture our imaginations, to capture our attention. You know, a parable's short and it's memorable so you can remember it and walk away and keep thinking about it. You can keep mulling it over in your mind, keep pondering it. And parables are often a bit mysterious. You know, Jesus is not giving some neat and tidy answer and, you know, giving you everything you need to know and that's it and you're done. But instead, he's giving us this package for us to open up and to keep opening up and keep opening up for all the years of our lives. So many of Jesus' parables, the ending is open. You know, Jesus doesn't wrap it up neat and tidy. But there's this ending that just invites you to consider more of the story even in that. C.H. Dodd wrote this about parables when he said, we can only allow ourselves to be arrested by its vividness and strangeness, letting the story leave our minds in sufficient doubt about the story's precise application such that our imaginations are teased into active thought. I love that. That the parables tease our minds into active thought. And so these little short stories that Jesus gives are teasing our minds to think, to imagine, to explore spiritual things. So in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus of the group of parables gives two very short parables that are about value. And the first begins, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he goes away and sells everything he has in order to come back and buy that field. Second parable. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant of fine pearls, looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything, and bought it. You know, in that first parable, the hidden treasure might be a little bit more of an obvious what this is about. You know, there's a hidden treasure, and the guy who finds it identifies it as extremely valuable. So the kingdom of heaven is extremely valuable. It's worth going and selling everything you have 
in order to buy the field and then have that. It's pretty straightforward. It's kind of a simple return on investment. You know, if the treasure's worth $5 billion, well then, you go liquidate your assets of $100,000, buy the field, and now you have the $5 billion asset. That seems pretty straightforward. Communicating the idea that the kingdom of heaven is extremely valuable. But the second parable, the parable of the pearl, is a little more mysterious. You know, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. You know, this, this time it's not about the hidden treasure. It's about the merchant. It's about the merchant who is searching and what he does. You know, this merchant, you know, it's his business to go and find pearls, buy them, and then mark them up and sell them for a profit to his customers. And for us, we might need to understand a little bit of the first century context that pearls are a big deal. Now, these days for us, you know, pearls are cultivated and are a bit more common. But back then, pearls were ridiculously rare. So rare that what it said that one of the Roman generals, Vitilius, that he financed an entire military campaign by selling one of his mom's pearl earrings. Makes you wonder, what did he do with the other pearl earring? So we have to know that this is a very lucrative job to be in, and he is an excellent merchant to have worked his way up to be a pearl merchant. And so for us, maybe we need to translate this in our minds to a diamond merchant. Or maybe it would be helpful to even expand our imagination even more to think of a Mars rock merchant. You know, somebody who is going to Mars buying Mars rocks. I don't know, you have to make this up in your mind to imagine this, but this is an extremely valuable, rare, precious commodity. And so just by traveling all over, there's expense to that. And by having enough money and capital to purchase the product, and then to bring it back, to know the customers, to be able to, to upsell it, this is a big deal. So in this parable, the merchant is the focus. And he is like the kingdom of heaven because he's searching. You know, he knows fine pearls. It's not like he's stumbling upon something and finding something that he wasn't looking for. He knows. He's an expert. And he finds them and he purchases them. He's doing this all the time, over and over. It's his livelihood. It's his business. He's not searching for pearls to keep them in his own collection. It's a business. Until he finds the one pearl. When he finds this pearl, then he stops. He sells everything. He sells it all in order to... Whoa! Oops, me. How's it going? Hey, good. Whoa! Maybe you notice I'm on a mountain biking trail. That just scared me. That's so good. All right, now I'm lost. This guy stopped everything. <laughs> to buy the pearl. Isn't that crazy? 
So you think about the man, he sells his inventory of pearls, he sells his house, moves in with his in-laws. Now he's sold everything, so he needs a job, so he just gets a job selling a farmer's vegetables at a roadside stand. It's fascinating. He stops everything to get this pearl. Which opens us up to so many more questions. Like, what does he do next? Now that he has this pearl, now how does he spend his life? Or what about the guy who sold him the pearl in the first place? Why did he sell it? Why didn't he keep it? Think about our merchant at a dinner party. You know, and people ask him, hey, what do you do? He has an impressive answer. Ah, I'm a pearl merchant. I travel the world to find fine pearls. I buy them, I bring them back and sell them to my customers who are kings and queens. So I have access to the kings and queens all around the world. But then he finds that pearl, sells everything, moves in with his in-laws, and now he's at the dinner party. People ask him, hey, what do you do? Now he says, oh, you wait. And he pulls out the pouch hanging on the string around his neck and pulls out the pearl and says, I own this. <laughs> what do we do with that? What do we do with that? That's what you have to let into your mind, not hold it out and prevent it from coming in. Because if we let Jesus's parable into our mind to tease our mind and our imagination, I think that there's some kingdom of heaven stuff that we get to experience and learn. The parable presents us with two questions. First, is the kingdom of heaven really this valuable? I mean, really? The rule and reign in, of God in my life, is it that valuable to sell everything in order to get it? Thomas Chalmers once gave a sermon entitled, The Expulsive Power of a New Affection. The Expulsive Power of a New Affection. And when we encounter Jesus and come face to face with God, we are awakened to a new appetite, a new affection, a new sense, a new taste, a new longing in our heart that can only be filled by Jesus. Everything else ceases to matter as much in comparison to having that. You know, and this rule and reign of God in our life is all-consuming. It takes over. It becomes our all and everything. It defines us. It's the answer we can give at a party when we say, yeah, I am a follower of Jesus. This was Paul's experience when he declared, but whatever was gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. 
the first question we must answer is how valuable do you believe the kingdom of heaven is? And second, second question, what am I willing to give up? What am I willing to give up in order to have God's reign and rule in my life? C.S. Lewis once wrote that we were still making mud pies in a slum because we don't believe in an offer of a holiday at the beach. Our problem is not that we love pleasure too much. Our, pro our problem is that we are too easily pleased. We're happy sitting, making mud pies in the slum. We don't believe there's more and bigger and better out there. You know, often I think that we focus on, what do I want? You know, we ask this question, oh, what do I want? And we make lists and we make goals and we make these aspirational claims of, what do I want? You know, I want a better career. You know, I want a family. I want health. I want more freedom. And these self-assessments are certainly good to do. But... Aren't these all quite obvious? Isn't this what everyone wants? Doesn't everyone want more money, more friends, more freedom, more success? The more challenging question is, what am I willing to give up? What am I willing to give up? That's the merchant's question. You know, he's all running around the world finding pearls, buying and selling until he comes to the one that totally captivates him and he's willing to give it all up in order to get that pearl. There was so, something so amazingly awesome about that pearl that he would do that. And I think that's what happens when we come into contact with the kingdom of heaven, when we encounter God, there is something so great that overwhelms us and, and captivates us that we want more of God and everything else in comparison just drops off. It almost becomes not just, I don't, I stop doing that anymore. I don't even want that anymore. Or that becomes less of a draw in my life or less of a pressure in my life, it, it just falls away because I have this much greater thing. This is what commentator Matthew Henry writes about when he talks about the kingdom of heaven. He says, those who discern this treasure in the field, talking about the first parable, so when somebody finds a treasure and sees its value, will never be at ease will never be at ease until they have made it their own on any terms. Isn't that what happens when you encounter God and you have this true experience of your creator looking at you with eyes of love? You're compelled to move toward God and get more of God and letting go any other distraction, any other diversion in order to have more of God. Well, I hope that this 
pearl of great price parable captures your imagination. I hope that you let it in to, to stew and to wiggle around and for Jesus to use it in you to spark interest in the kingdom of heaven. You know, maybe for you, the spark is simply this, this intrigue about searching for God. And you wonder, oh, where do I even take the next step to begin searching for God, to look for God, to find him? And I think a first step is simply to call out and say, God, I am here. I know you are here. Let's be here together. Show me yourself and teach me your ways. Or maybe this parable has sparked in you a memory of the past when you in the past have been fully captivated by the kingdom of heaven. When you were following God so closely and were in alignment with him that it seemed like every breath came from him and every breath out was a gift back to him. And in remembering that, you also realize that life has caught up with you. You know, just the things of life, the good things of work and kids and, and responsibilities and just life has caught up with you. And it has dulled your attention to God. And maybe for you, the reminder is to look again, to never give up the search to keep searching for God and to keep living in God's ways in the, in the kingdom of heaven here and now. Well, hopefully, most of all, I hope that the pearl excites you toward living in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. And whatever choices you have this week, whatever decisions are ahead of you, that you're making those decisions as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. So, to conclude, I repeat. <laughs> Question number one. Is the kingdom of heaven really that valuable? Is it really that valuable? And number two. What are you willing to give up in order to get God's reign and rule in your life? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Open our hearts to your grace. May we be searching for you. And show us yourself. Show us yourself. And fill us up with your love. Amen.